Schofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League at the Thomas and Mac. Yep, you heard it. NBA Summer League's a spot live from the concourse of the Thomas and Mac Center. A company takeover. Jonathan Von Tobel, Willie Ramirez are here for the next three hours in a good show on tap. Coming up at 15, Justin Watkins is going to join us. A lot of good legal stories to get into with Justin Watkins. And uh, some Vegas Golden Knight news that is coming down the pike. Caleb Herring is going to be with us in the show as well. Jesse Merrick, Channel 3. And in the 5 o'clock hour, you're going to want to stick around for that. Tracy McGrady is going to be with us here on Cofield & Company. What's up, Willie? This is the first time that you and I have done a show together. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am because not only – I mean, this is like a dream come true, right? I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the big set on yep. the concourse. I am with the notorious – JVT. That's right. It was all a dream. I used to oh, okay. This is set up, huh? Okay. Good. Elaborate setup I had no idea about. Yes. We had to throw it like that because it was all a dream. And here I am next to JVT, and we're ready to rock the NBA Summer League and, um, and, and Cofield and Company, as you said. It's a company takeover. That's right. Now, I will say, um, to make myself sound more important, I've been on this set like 20 times already in the last well, five days. So. Well, your peeps built this set. Yes, they did. Des and Ken, it's pretty dope. who were right there, did a fantastic job building this whole thing up, although I feel bad for them because they look like they have been uh, taxed to the limit and it looks like uh, they're wearing thin. But, hey, it's been a long time. Hey, speaking of a long time, stick around for a long time. Cove the company. We start with The Three. It's The Three on Cofield and Company. All right, so I have a lot planned here. Uh, we are going to get to some news. It does seem uh, there is some movement on Max Pacioretty. Uh, when it comes to Vegas Golden Knights, so we'll update that momentarily. But first, um, you're a Vegas guy. It's interesting when I'm here because I see a lot of people and a lot of people from out of town that come in, like one of the first things, you know, the first things out of their mouth is like, oh, man, it's so hot. Yeah, it's 111. What's going on here? Is it, right. I, heat guy. Are you a heat guy or are you a cold guy? I'm a cold guy. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is when I was a kid growing up in the 70s in here, and before the show started, we were off the air, and we were talking about the old area, right, and yeah. where your family built, you know, Hardware store. I used to walk through there because it had the best ice cream. Can you imagine that? A hardware store, one of the best places to go in, in town. There were three places we went as a kid to get out of the heat to get ice cream. Baskin and Robbins. Love it. Yeah. The custard. Yeah, yeah. And on Tobel Ice Cream. When I'd walk I home from no elementary idea. school, they had an ice cream stand in there. But I could run around all day in the summer, get sunburnt as a kid, peeling my shoulders in the pool, in and out of the pool. Now I hate the heat. But I will tell you this. And you know, as a, you know, following, you know, following each other on social media, as a fitness nut, I have no shame. I'm wearing a hoodie, yeah. 24/7, 365. Really? Yeah. Trying to sweat? I just like. I'm just comfortable in the hoodies. Because here's yeah. the thing: when I get, out, I am not going to hang out outside. Right. So I get in the car. I'm driving to it this morning at a 5:30 uh, a.m. hike. Mm. Wore a hoodie up the mountain. Now coming down, I took it took it off. Mm. Um, Driving to the to the gym, I'm going to wear a hoodie. Yeah. Why? I'm putting air on in the car. Uh, when I'm in the gym, it's the same temperature inside the gym that it is in December that right. it is in July. So I just I'm just a hoodie guy. I like wearing hoodies. I feel like you have some sleeveless hoodies. I, I have a couple that I cut. Yeah, Once they get old and dingy, I got a couple of old Las Vegas Bowl ones yeah. that I just cut the sleeves, um, and I just did that recently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I pegged you one. See, I bring up the heat because I had a wonderful experience, and this brought up our conversation we were having uh, right before the show began with Adam Hill. Yeah. Um, 
we were ranking gas stations, right? Oh, oh, and there's some good gas stations around town. There's sure. some bad gas stations. And I think one of the more notorious gas stations for Vegas folks is this AMPM right up the street here from the Thomas and Mack Center. So I don't know where you stand with, like, confrontation in public that does not, like, does not involve you. So I go to the AMPM for a quick drink on my way home. It's hot. You know, and my car is reading 123 degrees. And some guy, you ever, you ever been in a line and you can tell when somebody wants to cut you? So they kind of sure. come up and they stand next to you and, like, at that diagonal angle where you're just like, okay, like, what does this guy want? Right. So I'm not looking. I'm like, whatever. This guy, hey, dude, hey, dude. So I turn and I look at him. And, dude, this guy, Willie, yeah. eyes beady, right? Oh like, super, just, like, tiny little pinpricks in his eyes. Yeah. Giant gash across his forehead. He's like, hey, man, I just need to get some parliament lights. Like, can I just get in line? I got a plane to catch. I'm like, whatever, dude. Just, just get in line. I don't really care. I don't want to deal with this right now. He then starts to accost the lady in front of me. So I'm like, let's go. Speed it up. I need to get out of here. I got a flight. It was like a five-minute process. She was taking forever. But I felt very bad. Also, though, I did nothing. I, the only thing I did was, this is my thing when it comes to public confrontation. It doesn't involve me. My go-to has just been a, a harsh, relax. I probably would have done the same thing, uh, number one. Number two, I have a strict rule where even in domestic situations, I'm, I'm, I'm minding my business because I don't know what's going on. Now, if I already know from jump that it's between a str- two strangers and it's a man costing a woman and it gets physical, then I would probably say something right. or, or try to do something. Um, but that being said, I'm, I'm certainly not jumping in at anybody's domestic disputes. Um, I may call and say hey there's something going on you may want to get over here but i don't know what the, i don't know what caused anything so i am not you know I, i'm in and out of convenience stores as quick as possible we talked about a couple like the one that i go to on the way to this uh to our show on thursdays at yep. silver sevens and that's always enjoyable i do like the characters and the colorful characters in las vegas um there was the one that um the 7-eleven that i used to drive on my fmf bmx bike through the old uh, old apartments and alleyway uh, uh, alleyways of apartments apartments there you go. alleyways and um that was on like sahara near sixth street yeah now i barely i i the the apartments i lived in you could get there was one two three four five six seven eight ways in and out of that that complex now it's one way in one way out kind of reminds me of the scene in training day where Alonzo yeah. and, and the rookie, they're, Ethan Huck, they're driving down, and he says, one way in, one way out. Don't come in without permission. Like, that's how I feel whenever I visit the old neighborhood because it's like one way in, one way out, and I will not go down there at night. Yeah, we were ranking our gas stations and, like, uh, the notorious ones. I think that one, I brought up the Rebel on Flamingo in Paradise, which is, uh, which, yeah. Yeah, which is quite the, uh, the spot for oh, some it's characters Rebel, as well. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Rebel now, whatever yeah. it is. But, uh, yeah, you get in, you get out because yeah. uh, there was one time some lady was telling me about demons and everything like that, and, you know, I was nice, gave her some money, but that – Led to a conversation, and on top of that, I'm not a conversation guy when I don't know you. Yeah. And then when it turns to like demons that you're hearing and everything like that, I'm like, I don't even know what to do about this. Well, one. and here now, here's the funny thing is now you think about this. If I were to name other places, now you've been around for a long time, but if I were to name places to other people and they think, well, the Northwest, that's not bad. Like the one, like there's a 7-Eleven over on Cheyenne in the 95. Hell yeah, right? there's a Wendy's. <laughs> I remember back in the day. When my buddy had an apartment off, the only way you knew that Cheyenne was coming, that exit, yep. it was a two-lane road back there, yep. two-lane two lane highway. It was dark, no lights. The only way you knew is if you looked for the Wendy's marquee, yep. and that's when you knew that the off-ramp was coming, and there was a 7-Eleven there. Yep. I mean, that was brand new back then. Now, oh, 
you never know what you're going to run into out there. Yep. So, if, and people, it's hot, so people are getting a little feisty out there too. So Temperamental, you sure. Um, it's, it doesn't seem like it's a happy time, but hey, it's happy when it comes to Las Vegas, especially when there's good events in town. And it's a busy time of year because not only do we have the NBA Summer League, which we're at right now, yep. uh, but the NHL offseason has begun, of course. Yeah. And uh, so I'll ask you because you saw this. You mentioned this coming in. We do have an update. So I was going to bring this up anyway. It did look like, according to some reports, that Vegas was on the verge of uh, moving Max Pacioretty and essentially what looks like to be a salary dump. And it, that is the case. He's been moved, huh? Yeah. It, it, it sounds like um – it sounds like he's been moved to Carolina. Okay. Um, it, it sounds like they will not be retaining any of the salary, which is a, usually a move, especially on day one free agency and moves. A lot of times to, to unleash somebody, you, you retain some of the salary. That was not the case. So they cleared $7.7 million off the books in order to move him. Um, Carolina's been very active all day today, so that's a huge pickup for them if he can stay healthy. Um, but they've basically been forced to unload a lot of salary over the course of this franchise, right? Max Pacioretty, Evgeny Dadanoff, Marc-Andre Fleury, Nate Schmidt, Paul Stassi, Cody. You think of some yeah. of the, the, the original misfits. They've really they put themselves in a situation after that first year, the run that they made, to, and then going out and getting the guys. that they, Nobody expected that quick success. Mm-hmm. So they pick up. The guys that they did, now they're carrying all this baggage, and this year they were really bogged down, right? Yep. It was like an albatross. So they had to get rid of something. Rather than shuck and jive with X amount of players, and how, now they can sign three or four guys. That they, and I think the biggest thing probably is going to be that they're going to retain is Riley Smith. Okay. They clear up 7.7 by getting rid of Pacioretty. Okay, so I was talking about this with Steve the other day uh, when he talks about, like, offseason moves. We had Ryan Wallace on, of course. Yeah. Um, in terms of impactful new, um, impactful moves and names that people recognize, would this probably be the biggest names moved here? But think, right? The biggest name. That- like, from the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, Pacioretty's a recognizable name for them. I would think that this salary cut is pretty much it at this point. Right That's now. not the biggest one of the franchise. No. Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, was. yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking about this offseason. Oh, this offseason? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. And this is it. I, I can't imagine. Like, they may make some moves, but as far as, like, there will not be a bigger name. Right. That's the big move that they were trying to make. That's the big money they were trying to get rid of. And they did it in one fell swoop rather than, again, having to move several guys. And, you know, and I think – Riley Smith is an original misfit. He's part of that line with Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson, the beloved misfit line. Um, and, I, I mean, it's not necessarily just because of that. I mean, he, he's a very intelligent player. I remember talking with Gerard Gallant when he was still the coach, saying that he thought that Riley Smith was the smartest player mm-hmm. on the team. May not be the best, may not be the fastest, may be the not sharpest shooter, but he was the most intelligent. His IQ, he's, a thinking, he's, he's, he's the thinker out there. He's the, he's the sort of the the calm of the storm that's going on, and that's why they like having him. And I think that, you know, through DeBoer and now with Bruce Cassidy, they'll, they'll see that, they'll like that, and that's why they want to have him around. Max is a good player, but, you know, he's battled injuries. You never knew if he was going to stay healthy. Right. And um, he's, he was effective, but he was either really, really effective or he was not effective or he was injured. Okay. So it's not a surprise that that's the name that they moved. Everyone was expecting William Carlson, I think, to be the move. I think but Alec Martinez was thrown out there as well. Alec Martinez, but I think it's because I, I, I per, my, it's my personal feeling that I think that his mental game, but off of the that tragic injury that he yeah. had with the blade slicing his face, barely missing his eye, it really took a lot out of him. We asked him about it a couple of times. He he, he didn't get agitated. It was like, guys, I just really can't talk about. It. I don't. 
I'm not up. To, I just not ready well, to talk yeah. about it. And it's not because he was being obstinate. He mentally couldn't talk about it. His his mental game was, and I think that that's one of the concerns of of the management is that can he put that same effort, that warrior effort that he was tagged with, the blocking shots, getting out there and being confident. I think this offseason is going to be good for him, um, or will have been good for him because. All that time he had off, the season was still going, and you're anticipating, will I ever get back on the ice? Then when he got back on the ice, any little mistake you're probably thinking about it, and it's weighing on your mind. I think this is a good offseason. He's a veteran, a two-time Stanley Cup, and I think he comes back strong. All right. All right. All right. When we come back, Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyer, is going to join us, get his thoughts on Pat's ready, can he move there? Uh, and also, there's, there's a lot. A lot of legal stories to get through with Justin, including I'm a big fan of loopholes, and there might be a great loophole in Texas that we can discuss with Justin on the other side. It's Cofield Company, live from the Thomas & Mack Center for NBA Summer League. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield & Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. Honestly, it's through the roof. I couldn't be more excited. It's been a tough couple months with, with all the heat and, and being a long summer, but it definitely gives us a lot more time to, to just really be ready. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that you have to be prepared for before a baby comes, and I feel like we're, we've are we been given the extra time to tackle all those. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield & Company. Riley Smith coming back, talking about the uh, – the new look of next year's Vegas Golden Knights as the news comes down today, of course. Max Petretti on the move. Justin Watkins, one of the most knowledgeable Vegas Golden Knights fans that I know. I have talked to him for a while. What's up, Justin? What's happening, fellas? So, up, Max Petretti's on the move. Uh, this is kind of expected, right? It seems like a salary dump. What do you make of the move? I don't know. I mean, our problem has been with scoring. And, you know, I, I feel like he's lived up to his contract here even though it was an expensive contract, with the exception of how significant the injuries were last year and how much time he missed. But they weren't age-related injuries, you know. Uh, he blocked a shot and broke a – what did he break his hand? I think he broke his hand or his foot, one of the two. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't I don't love that, um, especially when we took on the Shea Weber contract at $7 million to get rid of the Donoff. So we accepted a $7 million contract to dump five – into Donoff, and now we just gave away a $7 million player who I think would have been pretty marketable at the deadline. Um, you know, I actually would have preferred to see Martinez go. Um, I like Martinez, but I, I think we would have had to give something away with him a pick to, to get somebody to take on that contract. Um, and maybe one of the goalies, either Bressois for sure, um, but maybe even Leonard because the goalie market is, is hot right now. I don't mind the move, Justin, just because I feel in one fell swoop they took care of what they need to take care of. But I do agree with you that holding on to him a little bit longer, he you may be able to add some value in holding out, getting a little something more for it. But I, I think that with what they did, the bigger picture is looking at entirely how it all went down from from – from day one, right, trading Nick Suzuki, Tomas Tatar, and everything involved in dumping salary, you, you figure the Eichel trade alone has cost this team Pacioretty, Tech, Krebs, Coughlin, a draft pick, not to mention what you gave up to get Pacioretty. So the bigger picture is it, what was already lost. This move, I think it's in, move, in one swoop, get rid of $7.7 million, 
and now you can sign who you need to sign and figure out how you're going to speed things up before training camp. Yeah, I, I guess also Mike, like your idea of moving a goalie. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know who you're going out there to sign um, with that seven million. You just sort of freed up. I mean, you got. Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know that they can go sign anybody really. I, as long as the Shea Weber contract's still on the books, right? Then they then they have to go into the season on LTIR. So this seven million plus the five from Dodonov, the five from Dodonov's gone to Riley Smith. That's gone. Hag Wah. That's going to be, it's not going to be cheap. So out of that $7 million, you're probably going to at least give up $4 million there uh, or somewhere around there. Um, and you still have Howden to sign. Um, and I'm, I'm forgetting another restricted free agent, um, but Kolasar. So Kolasar are restricted free agents. He's a restricted free agent. Right. And, uh, and you, Howden, you got, like you, you said, you got to. Do a do a term sheet to, or we didn't do a qualifying offer, but all the reports are is that we have an agreement with them. So, I mean, maybe out of all of this, we've got two million left over with the same team, same team minus Pacioretty with two million mm-hmm. to to use, which we have to use before the season starts, or dump Shea Weber's contract. We can't do both because if we enter the season um, with Shea Weber's contract on and on LTIR then we could only use up until that that space. So I don't know, man. they got some work to do. Yep. Uh, and one point about his effectiveness, Justin, this is from Greg Wyshynski on Twitter. Max Pacioretty's 1-4-1 goal for 60 minutes in the Stanley Cup playoffs from 2018 to 2021, the last three in which Vegas appeared, second among all left wings to Brad Marsh is uh, what, 1.45. So well, made. he's moving on, and uh, we'll see, of course, still some moves be made, at least in terms of some – Adjusting when it comes to the roster. All right, Justin, so let, let's get to some of these legal topics. Uh, we start off on a little bit of a serious note. So we see that uh, yesterday the uh, surveillance video comes in of the Evaldi school shooting. Uh, it shows the inaction and everything that happened with the police officers over the course of, of a better part of an hour. A lot of people on social media, there was a lot of, got to get rid of these guys. These guys need to be fired. What are the ramifications of something like that, if anything? Because I think a lot of people, of course, when you see something like this, uh, are pretty frustrated and angry about it. But, I mean, but little I know, it doesn't seem like there is a route for punishment of any sort, is there? Uh, I don't. I mean, there is a route for punishment. Um, whether or not th- they pursue that route um, is sort of an internal, um, an internal investigation. Now, like, what can the victims' families do, if anything? Yeah. Uh, in in the state of Texas, they cannot sue the police for negligence, right. common negligence. They could sue the police if there was like a car accident, but. They cannot sue the police for negligently carrying out the duties of the job. So that, so there's no claim there. Um, so the only way that they could, I think, have a potential remedy, um, at least a court action that would sustain, is would be a federal action for violation of civil rights pursuant to uh, Code 1983. It's a section of, the, of federal law that says if a state actor somebody cloaked in state authority violates somebody's civil rights meaning federally granted civil rights then you can sue them in federal court because the states can't supersede federal rights laws so we have a lot of that here the police are state actors they are cloaked in state authority that's clear um they clearly didn't do 
well, I, I shouldn't say clearly. I don't know what the proper protocol is. I'm no expert, but I'm sure you can find right. plenty of experts out there that say they did not do this well. They did not do this right. They did not follow protocol. The question is, does that violate those children's or their parents now, their civil rights? And, you know, first blush, I say that's going to be a tough sell. You got to go find some federal statute that's granting rights as to protection of our children and, and i think it's going to be hard to find um that doesn't mean it's not going to happen uh you know if if those parents were calling me i would find something i would find something to hang my hat on and i would bring the claim on their behalf to give them a forum to institute change now they don't have the right to punish but hey if you're trying to settle your claims you can make whatever terms you right. want so yep. speaking of texas also moving on from there so i like loopholes and i thought this is pretty interesting so we obviously know what happens at u.s supreme court strikes down the road versus Wade. So we get report that uh, a woman out in Texas pulled over for driving in the HOV lane. You need at least two people per vehicle. Um, the police officer asks her, somebody else in the car, she says, yeah, right here, points at her stomach. She is apparently, I think, four weeks pregnant. Um, what I find interesting about this, Justin, is if you read the report uh, on this story, apparently if you look with like the language of Texas law, they say that a fetus is a person. So is there something here that she's fighting this HOV ticket? Well, I mean, I think if all cooler heads prevail, they just dismiss the ticket to not create this kind of law, right? You don't want a court weighing in on this and saying, well, the way you've worded the statute then and the crime here, that the fetus is a person under this definition. So what I think what's likely to happen is they will not charge her with a ticket. You know, the the district attorney or whoever's in charge of their their traffic ticket um, department's gonna say, let that one go. They'll dismiss it and then they'll go to the legislature to get clarification on HOV lanes and the definitions. So yeah, will so she get away with this? Yes, but it won't be it won't last long. So, so this isn't like because I was thinking like this doesn't open a can of worms like for people in Texas like not only driving in carpool lanes if I'm pregnant but uh, if they're defined as a person then claiming them on taxes things like that like this won't go down that road. No, I don't think so. No, I mean the the rest of the statutory scheme, tax codes, and otherwise don't take their definitions from from road from the part of the the statutory structure for rules of the road. <laughs> so, I mean, th that's the most like loosely written area of the law is kind of our traffic laws. And, you know, when you're doing something like serious tax law, you don't say, you know, uh, a any person as defined in this section of the traffic laws, that's not how it works. So, no, I don't think it's gonna, it's gonna spill over. Um, I do think that this is the first thing that's going to make the legislature look at all of their different respective laws and how they define people and clarify um, just to ensure something like this doesn't happen and, and they're stuck in court on something silly. Wait, real just to be clear, though, so because you keep talking about the traffic law and defining the person, if, in the report they said Texas Penal Code defines right. a fetus or unborn baby as a person. So that doesn't change anything? No, our traffic laws are are part of the criminal statutes, right? So okay, right. it's part of the penal code. I mean, Nevada doesn't have a penal code, but a lot of the bigger states have separate penal codes that deal with crimes, and and traffics are part of the criminal criminal conduct. Got it. Yes. So, Justin, we go one state to the west in New Mexico. 
police are looking for a 27-year-old parole violator. They raid a home, and a preliminary autopsy finds that 15-year-old Brett Rosano died of smoke inhalation during the SWAT raid. So what are the cops in for from a legal standpoint? So let, let's talk. I, I don't I don't know the local New Mexico law, but I and whether or and whether or not their citizens are allowed to sue the cops for negligently violating or negligently carrying out their duties in Nevada. You wouldn't be able to in Texas. I, I looked it up. No, you're not able to. I suspect you are not able to sue the cops in New Mexico either under state law for poorly performing their job. But. We'll go back to our federal law and our federal statute and our 1983 claims. Here, there is tons of precedent that says excessive force or unnecessary force is a violation of somebody's civil rights. And here, the argument would be that they went overboard with how they intended on capturing this parole violator to the point where right. they launched these things into neighboring areas. And it, and it wasn't that he was breathing in any of the tear gas. It's that the cut the whole house on fire and he died right. from right. smoke inhalation from the house burning down from them firing these, these tear gases all over the place. So I think that there, it, it let me be clear in both situations. Absolutely. There's going to be a lawsuit. Uh, just mm -hmm. I'm talking and comparing the two, this one, surprisingly, I know when you talk about a school shooting, this one has a stronger legal footing. There, there's precedent for this kind of lawsuit against a state for police acting in this way, overextending their authority, being excessive in carrying out their duties. Justin Watkins. All right, Justin's going to stick around. We're going to take our break. We come back. A couple of topics to throw at him, including our guy, Elon Musk might be forced into buying Twitter. There are some accusations there I want to get Justin's thought on. Uh, and uh, some local news as well. Uh, we'll talk about a bill that is potentially uh, being presented and what Justin thinks and why it would be needed. That On the other side here, it's Kofi Lincoln Live from the Thompson Mac. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. It's Company Takeover, live from the Thomas and Mack Center. <laughs> Ari. Ari makes me laugh, man. I could see Ari's face because I took a, a small pause. The eyes got wide, like, oh, my God, is everything, is, uh, what's happening? Uh, Justin Watkins, as you heard, is still with us. A couple more minutes. Uh, hey, Justin, first off, before I get some of the legal stuff, um, I'm not going to assume anything because I don't know your fandom of basketball, but you, you, Summer League, you're a Vegas guy. Uh, how much this thing has grown? Have you been impressed by the fact that Adam Silver said yesterday that he thinks that this generated $125 million of revenue? Yeah, that number was – Bigger than I thought. You know, I'm, I'm not a big NBA guy. I, I will. I'll get season tickets if they expand uh, to Vegas, which it, it's all signs seem to be pointing, pointing towards that being the case. Um, and I've never gone to a summer league game. Um, you know, so I'm, I don't, I'm not in the best position to say, wow, really? $125 Because I've just never been there. Um, but the buzz around town does not seem to be exactly on par with that kind of number. 
but it's around yeah. long enough that I guess it doesn't surprise me too much. But it was bigger than I thought for sure. Yeah, same for me. What about you? Because I'm here. Like, we're in the epicenter. I've been here all week. Um, it, it's really buzzy here, I guess. I want to know, I wanna know if he meant – he said already – they point, estimate. They estimate estimates that it's going to be 100 It will be at the end. You know what? I, I'd have to say, I don't know if I'm that shocked. I just, um, just based off the, I mean, you're talking 11 days. You're ta- I think that he's taking into consideration the rental of, like, all the teams are here. They're holding meetings. The, 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 the ho- uh, hotel room rentals, the dining, the liquor. Remember, we're talking about inflated liquor charges at the nightclub. So I think that collectively, it's a lot of money to, to when you hear that. It's but it's astounding. But it's the NBA, well, and who knows where they're pouring that money into? And yeah. and who know? And remember, for the last eleven days, or for this eleven days, when after here, hotel rooms are up, dinner prices are up. Let's also be pr- frank. You got rich people coming too, right? These are yeah. NBA athletes coming they to spend no money, so. money. So they're generating. Hey, if that's the case. And it's helping our revenue, our, our economy, <laughs> more power. All right, so, uh, Justin, the, the, uh, and this has been kind of obviously uh, in the news, uh, Elon Musk, the potential acquisition of Twitter. And there have been rumblings over the last few weeks that uh, maybe the grand scheme was to pull out eventually at some point that Elon Musk was going to do so. Uh, did, now Twitter suing him to force the complete, uh, to complete the acquisition. So I sent you over a list uh, of Twitter's accusations against Musk. So I'm not as smart as you, uh, but reading through that, it does seem on my end that this is a, a pretty solid case in favor of uh, Twitter, that they make some pretty strong accusations that do make some sense. What do you make of this? I agree. Yeah, I think that they've got some very yeah. viable claims. That certainly, there's no claims that I, I'm so dismissive of that I would think a court would throw them out. These these are viable claims. I mean, basically, they characterize what happened as Elon Musk did one of two things. It was all an elaborate joke for him to get a bunch of attention, or he turned it into that once the market fell and he realized his buy price was not a good deal and he had buyer's remorse. And so he conjured up uh, a mission impossible, a set of requests and, and conditions that were impossible to meet intentionally so he could then back out of the deal. And um, you know what? The, the way in which they sort of couch that is really believable to me. It makes sense to me. Uh, and uh, the fact that Elon Musk was so public about the beginnings of it, the offers of it, and seemed to be toying with the market with the way in which he worded his tweets, you know what? I kind of see is like, this is what happens. You know, this is the consequence. Mm-hmm. This is the risk you take when you start, when you enter into negotiation of that size so publicly and casually that you know this is why when you do something like this you're supposed to get a bunch of attorneys involved and there's millions of pages of documents and disclosures and things to sign um so something like this doesn't happen all right so i wanted to move on to another story that involves us uh, out here in nevada so uh, Catherine cortez masto has introduced a bill that looks to protect the right to travel to nevada for abortions so i wanted to ask you first off like, why would this be needed? Because the way I took this right in in my realm, uh, when PASPA was struck down, that meant all the states could do everything they wanted. It seems it's very similar with abortion laws. But, like, people can come to Nevada and gamble with no fear of repreca- uh, repercussions in their own state. Why would something like this be needed? Oh, this, is, this is this is a fight that's been going on for 
on, on different issues for the entirety of basically what I'll say is Nevada's history. Um, yeah. The federal government has the right to regulate interstate commerce. So now with gambling, they made exceptions. It was federal law that did, there was a federal ban on gaming with the exception, right? They made a specific exception for Nevada, for New Jersey, and then some limited, you know, uh, other states had, had some rights, whether they exercised them or not. And that's ultimately why that law got struck down is it, it was not equal treatment, it was exceptional treatment and nobody could make an application to be put within those exceptions. Now, talking about the history of Nevada, the way in which Nevada first became relevant for relocation of people, mostly from California, had nothing to do with gaming. Gaming wasn't legal uh, when, when Nevada first started you know, growing in the 30s and 40s 50s and 60s what it was was the divorce capital of the world they made laws here that made it super easy to get divorced while all these other states still had at fault divorces it depended on who was ultimately determined to be at fault for the divorce so you know infidelity and all those things were relevant questions to be asked in a divorce and other states sued said hey you can't you can't have our citizens travel to your state, get a divorce, disperse of the property, and have an order that we are going to take seriously because you've taken it out of our jurisdiction. And they appealed it to the Supreme Court, and the Nevada Supreme Court said, I mean, I'm sorry, the United States Supreme Court said, yeah, Nevada, you can't do that. They have to be domiciled. That means a, a, a resident of the state in order for you to, to uh, allow for a divorce. To which Nevada said, great here are our rules for domicile if you come into our state and on that day you have the intention on staying here for the foreseeable future then you are domiciled in nevada and they did it and and it got held up the supreme court said okay that's your rule that's yeah. your rule so that we became the Is, divorce isn't it only like six weeks or something like that too right right exactly right and, yeah. and so so yeah. we became the divorce capital of the world. Then we became the marriage capital of the world. Then we became the gambling capital of the world. <laughs> All these different things played in. And so that is always the case. Now, here, Nevada as, as like, say, a safe haven for um, abortions could run into the same issue of allowing citizens of other states to perform acts that would be illegal in their home state and they're doing it for purposes of commerce. And so you have to be very careful about how you do that and how you protect the people who come here to do that. And so federal legislation is a foolproof way of doing that. They, they absolutely can create some federal guidelines to do that um, as long as they don't make these, they don't write it as poorly as they wrote the gaming one. Um, there are some other alternatives about, you know, how you determine citizenry and residence and domicile and all that stuff on a state level. They could be clever about that as well, or they could simply just not share the information, right? Like they can create um, on a state level some abortion clinics that don't uh, like have things like medical records, don't have patient intake forms. Mm -hmm. And or all those things are kept secret and they're not shared with other states or anybody else or the federal government. There, there's, there's other ways you could do it, but federal legislation would be the safest. Justin Watkins, right, really quickly, last one on this. Does this does this impact providers as well? Because the way I read it, there was more about people traveling over. Would providers be in any legal trouble? 
I don't think so unless the providers were not licensed okay. here, licensed in a state in which abortion was legal, illegal, and then came right. here for the purposes of performing an abortion on one of their patients. Then they would be in trouble. Justin, it's good to talk to you, man. We appreciate a couple minutes, sir. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Thanks, yeah. Justin. Justin Watkins. A little delay. I don't know. That scared me. I thought well, he was mad or something like he was that. Gonna, he was trying to figure out whether to say you're welcome or not. Yeah. Well, Thank we're you. not Steve. He's not been, you know. I heard it in his voice. When he saw it, was, when he realized it was me, he's like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah, I, don't I, know, I mean, I, I played him a compliment. Guy. I was like, hey, you're the, you're the biggest Vegas Golden Knights fan I know. There's not, a lot, like, of, there's not a lot of people on this, on this show and the regulars throughout the week that have the respect for you like I do, JBT. I appreciate that. All right, when we come back, uh, speaking of respect, LeBron uh, demands a lot of respect. And uh, his words carry a lot of weight. He had some intriguing thoughts on the Brittany Griner situation and also cleaned it up a little bit. We'll talk about that more when we return to Kofi the Company live from the Summer League. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It is one of the greatest sports towns in America. It is the greatest sports town in America. Oh, you're going to put it up there. there. Despite the fact that, uh, you know, they boo you, uh, the the sports radio talk shows are delusional. Despite all of that, it's the greatest sports town in America. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. Like so, you know, JJ Reddick. You know when uh, when Adam the host, yeah, and he says it's the it's it's the uh, Hill and the Homies edition of yeah. the. What do we got for you, Von Tobel and the Vatos? Or? No, I mean they, it's funny you say that. That's actually exact. That's actually one of the things that I came up with at one point. Uh, yeah, Von Tobel y los Vatos, but like, I don't know if we it really Mateo, sticks. We got Ramirez. Yeah. Actually, and if we really want to go deep, my mother, or my grandmother, excuse me, uh, Maria Socorro Juarez from Durango, Mexico, who, of course, rest in peace. Love you. Love you, abuelita. Yeah. So, there you go. Mateo, Mexican heritage. We got, so, Mexican heritage, Mexican I got Colombian background. Okay. So, we got, we, we got a nice little blend here. So, well, well, we definitely have some great food. Yeah. I was going to say, well, then, but it's also, that means it's just got to be us. If Adam's here and it's just me and Adam, it yeah. can't be, you know. It's, no, it's Hill and the homies. Yeah. Well, but, like, what if I'm in control as I am now? Right? Well, There's some days where it's Adam, but I'm leading. That's interesting yeah. because this morning when he was on the press box with Q, he lead. So when it's you and Adam, you're the lead? Sometimes. Yesterday. Yesterday? Who Monday. Took the lead he yesterday? was the lead. Okay. Monday he was the lead. For those who don't, who for those who are listening on radio, yeah, lead's a big deal. Lead's a big deal. And here's the you thing. control everything. And I am very happy with being the small deal. So the, big, the, lead, the big deal, I want no part of it. I just send my topics. Hey man. You like the way I sent the topics categorized, That's organized, right. bolded? Actually, everything. I'm glad you said that because, yes, I did. It made making the rundown a thousand times easier yeah. than Ari's just giant list with Ari no sends a list whatsoever. with links. Hill sends a li- a bi- a just a list with links, and there's no organization to it. There's no categorization. There's no nothing. When I send it, it's bolded. Yep. There's, there's, the, there's the asterisk with the topic. Yep. There's the dash with the link up at the top. It's like a, it's almost like a research paper. That's right. No, yeah. it's very good. I enjoy it. And actually, I don't see what you do is you put the categories. I just my stories in like you know clumps of like same thing like NBA whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, but I won't I won't categorize them. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to do it now because you have pushed me there. Now one of, uh, of course, in your NBA action was LeBron. Uh, we know about the shop and everything and. Yeah. Uh, person. Uh, so, 
right, so um, when you talk about – I guess we're silent. Um, I'm going to power through, though. You know what? I don't care. Ari, can you hear me? We're good. Okay, we're good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. It, this is the stress of doing things from a live remote. And somebody who is in control, now I have to find out everything. All right, let's play this. So LeBron in the shop, of course, had some thoughts. Brittany Griner, and it makes sense we were here with the NBA. Uh, Brittany Griner, of course, and her situation being stuck in Russia because of her and the legal issues uh, that she is facing. And there has been a push from many. Uh, for America, for the NBA, for a lot of connected people to get this done and get him back or get her back on American soil. And LeBron had some thoughts on his most recent edition of The Shop. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? No, not saying you're going to be twice as good to get half as much. I always didn't like that saying. So I said, I just want to be twice as good because I want to be twice as good. As a forward, you take risks all the time. If you're not taking risks, you, you're doing something wrong. Okay, I don't think of the, the doing risks. I, I think that was referring to something else. I don't think they were talking about Bernie Griner there. Um, but LeBron, I think what you get is, and what sticks out in that clip is, you know, if I were her, I don't know if I would want to come back to America. And a lot of people hung on to that uh, and ran with it. Now, he did come out and clarify some of the statements. Well, he backtracked uh, once he caught heat. Right, exactly. The backtrack is, my comments on the shop regarding Brittany Griner wasn't knocking our beautiful country. I was simply saying how she's probably feeling emotionally along with so many other emotions, thoughts, etc. inside that cage she's been in for over 100-plus days. Long story short, hashtag bring her home. Well, here's the a, here's a problem that I have with this. Okay. Is he was, I, I would have been fine if he apologized, which he didn't need to, mm-hmm. because he said exactly how he felt, where he started, where his apology said, I wasn't saying what I was saying, I was saying what she probably felt. But right. he said, I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? He was telling us how he was feeling. Yeah. You know, you have so many people saying, they're not doing enough. And where people are, where the, the debate is, what do you mean they're not doing enough? Of course they're trying. I think what people mean, like the WNBA stars, the, the commissioner, and, and fans are they're not doing enough until they get her home yeah because people that over there she would be home i mean or the, they would be home the example that was thrown out there if it was lebron i think he'd be home by now okay and that point when i when i heard that i wasn't because if she's being used as a political pawn so would lebron Jay, he'd be a more powerful pawn if in the way that they're putting the context right if he's that much more important then they probably want to wait until they can get this merchant of death guy yeah i mean i would say look i don't know how political between countries, especially in situations like this. I don't know if I necessarily agree that he would be home by now. I would say that I am willing to bet that whatever leaning on needs to be done to get it done, there would be more leaning right. from America's standpoint if it was a guy like LeBron James. There would be a little bit more. There would be quicker action. Right. There would be a lot more conversation. Right. Why is it, is it that she's doing this? There have been many reasons that her people are giving, right? It's because she's a woman. It's because she's black. Mm-hmm. It's because she's gay. Okay. Whatever the reason is, it's the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be a reason as to why you are delaying. Right. If, 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 if Joe Biden and, 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 and Harris, if they're out there saying, no, we're, we're in conversation, we're doing, okay, then you need to do it more. Then yep. you need to press more. And, you, and whatever the reason, if there is a reason as to why there's pullback, then it's the wrong reason, no matter what it is, because there should be no reason. You should have no reason why you're not trying to negotiate. Right, and I th- I've, I've heard a lot of pushback of Griner was one of many athletes in terms of kneeling during the anthem and whatnot and showing her um, 
making her opinion known on everything that comes to the treatment of minorities in the country and everything like that. And there's been a lot of, well, you didn't like the country then, now you want it. It's a completely different thing. And I've said this before, and I think a lot of people would agree with it. Uh, you show your love for your country. You know, you want people to change. You can also still love people if you want them to change as well. Right, and I know we're up against it, but here's the thing. That whole bubble, the DA, they weren't necessarily protesting against America. Right. They were protesting the Breonna Taylor, the, the no-knock warrant of what took place. It had nothing to do so stop with that. It's always the same conversation every single time, man. All right, we'll come back. Second hour, we have our football frenzy. But first, Caleb Herring will join us. It's Cope for the Company Live from Thomas and